Genesis chapter 22 and I will read from verse 1 onwards Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1 onwards Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham if you have your pencils, highlighters, pen, or your notebook, underline, circle, highlight, or write down the words God tested. God tested. You need to put a dash next to it if you're writing down. You can put your name over there. God will test you. God will test your integrity. God will test your love for Him. Whether you pass or fail, it's a grade that will come from God. Your grade will come from God. And based on whether you pass or fail will be the reward. Whether you're going to move forward or you're going to stay there where you are. Verse 1 says, God tested Abraham. God gave Abraham the test according to his grade level. You must understand that. God didn't test Abraham as soon as Isaac was born. God tested him after some time. God's appointed time to bless us, God's appointed time to test us, is marked out by God. Just like how we have graduation dates and commencement dates, we also have examination dates. And we all need to prepare for that. If we want to pass and if we want to move forward. And in order to prepare for that, we need to have the materials for that. And we need to not just have the materials, we need to study. We need to know the content. And we need to be able to reproduce that. So test is very important. Preparing for the test is very important. And taking the test is very important. Passing the test is very important. How we take the test is also very important. You can go and sit in an examination hall and fall asleep there. Just because you're sitting there with your pencil or your bubble sheet or with your answer sheet, or you just got your test, it doesn't mean that you're passed. No. You could have studied all night, you fall asleep there, you get a zero. So preparation is not just the previous night, staying up all night and falling asleep there. It takes days, weeks, months, studying. Without studying, you can't pass the test. If you don't know your tables in mathematics, you can't do multiplication division. You can't try to work out your problems the previous night and try to go and take an exam. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. In the day of your adversity, if you faint, your strength is small. We have to know this. I've taught on this many times through the Spirit of God. You would have heard me if you were in the morning calls or in the evening meetings. You would have heard this quite a number of times. In the day of your adversity, that means during your exam time, if you score less, that means you didn't prepare. You don't have the substance that you need to have. doesn't matter. We can study first grade. You can stay there for 10 years. doesn't matter. If you don't pass, doesn't matter. We can say, oh, I was in first grade for 10 years. Well, you need an award for that. Did we pass that? And did we move? 10 years mean by that time you should be in 10th grade. If we're not there, at least you should pass the first grade. At least pass the second grade. At least pass the third grade. Somewhere keep passing and moving. 
forward. And this is what the Bible calls testing. There are different stages of testing, different types of testing, many, many tests. The child of God will face before they can go forward in any kind of Christian walk where they can become trustworthy, where God can trust anything into their hands. So you look at Abraham's life here. God comes to Abraham. At this point, there is a particular test. There were other tests that were there before for Abraham. And this test is the ultimate test. For his ultimate call. There's such a thing called the ultimate call. There's an ultimate test that comes to Abraham. Now, in this test, God is administering the test for Abraham. God didn't tell Abraham, this is just going to be a test, and I'm just going to see this, and, and you're going to get your Isaac back. No. That's like giving away the answer. No. God is testing, not because God didn't know. This test is for all of heaven to witness, and all of hell to witness that Abraham is worthy of the blessing that God was going to give to Abraham. God knows already about Abraham. When God tested Job, it's not because God didn't know about Job. God knew that Job would pass the test. But it was for Satan to know. In order for something to pass through, heaven will see, hell will see. If you're qualified, God will have to prove your worthiness before all of them, before he can give it to you, even though he knows about it. That's the system of heaven. Just like a person can say, oh, I studied and, and I can get a hundred. doesn't matter. The score should show for everyone. The teacher may know that you're a very bright student. The teacher may know, even before the test, that you're going to get a hundred. doesn't mean that. She's not going to give you the test? No. You need that mark sheet. Wherever you go, others will have to see that. God knows every single person through and through. But the test is for, not just for God to know your score. No, he knows already. But it's for God to show before the world, before Satan, before his angels, before God's angels. And this person is qualified for what God is going to give into their hands. We need to have that understanding. Why the test is given. Before God can give anything into our hands, the test will come to prove our integrity. Prove our faithfulness before God, before man, before Satan, before all of heaven. Now the test came to Abraham. God said to Abraham, saying, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, the only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God says, You can take Isaac this Isaac, not any of the Isaac. This Isaac which you love, this is your only son. The specification is there. Very clearly God is specifying that. He says, then you're going to take him and go to the land of Moriah. Then I'm going to tell you, once you go to the land of Moriah, I'm going to tell you which mountain. Until then I'm not going to tell you that. When you get there, then I'll give you the next step. There, you need to do this. So before you leave the house itself, you need to know that you're going to offer your son as a burnt offering to God. Here's the test. The test was, God is going to call Abraham to do this. That's the test. But God is not going to let Abraham do it. That's the test. The test is made such a way where? God is calling him to do this, but he's not going to have him do this. That's the test. 
If someone thinks that, well, God told Abraham something, but God didn't keep his word, you need to know that this was the test, and the format of the test was he was going to call him and tell him this. And when he gets to that level, that's it, examination finished, because he passed the test. God keeps his word in Isaac, through Isaac. The nations of the world will be blessed. The soul that sins shall die. Isaac didn't do anything wrong. Abraham didn't do anything wrong. God is not going to have him to kill him. But there was something that God was going to give into Abraham's hands, into Isaac's hands. The promise that is going to be fulfilled. A big thing. Before he could give that big thing into Abraham's hands and into Isaac's hands. He had this big test, big exam. The exam is, when I tell you that you're going to offer him as a burnt sacrifice, how are you going to take him? How is your attitude going to be? How soon are you going to do this? All these things are included in the test. Abraham passed all of them. As soon as the Lord said, he said, next morning, the first thing in the morning, that's what he did. He got up and he took his son and took all the things that he needed and took his servants and went. He did not consult with flesh and blood. He didn't consult with his wife, who was the mother of his child, because God told him to do something. That bypasses everything. Daddy, mommy, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, son, daughter. So Jesus said, if you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. Abraham knew how to put God first in his flesh. When God called him to do something, I've preached on this. I encourage you to listen to this message. We have several messages on this topic. It will be a blessing if you go and listen to them again. But for today, the point that the Spirit of God is bringing here is, Abraham passed the test. Several points. You know how you have many rubrics, points and rubrics that you have to follow? Every place he scored a hundred, Abraham. He didn't get up and say, oh boy, God said this and now how am I going to talk to Sarah? Sarah's not going to, Lord, Sarah's not going to let this happen. He was a wise man. He didn't bring Sarah in the picture. Lord, if I don't tell Sarah, that's not right before God. You know how the serpent comes and says, when someone doesn't want to do the right thing, they'll always bring everybody else around them into the picture to make themselves look better. You think God doesn't know that? Lord, he did this, she did this, they did this. God says, oh, don't you point fingers at them? It's about you and me. What did you do? Abraham passed that. When God called him to do something, he said, God called me to do that. He said, I'm going to do that. God told me to take Isaac. He didn't tell me, go tell Sarah to take Isaac, no. God told me to take Isaac. I'm going to take Isaac and go. And the Lord said, offer him as the burnt <coughs> offering. And one of the mountains that I'm going to show you, go to the land of Moriah. That's what I'm going to do. First thing in the morning, he did that. He said, I'm going to do what God told me to do. 
At this point, he showed God already, before he even left his house, that he loved God more than Isaac. And God loved Isaac more than Abraham loved Isaac. Abraham loved Isaac so much. God says, the son whom you love is your only son, Isaac. Abraham loved Isaac so much and God loved Isaac more than Abraham loved Isaac. God is love. God is the one who gave this gift to Abraham and Sarah. But Abraham loved God more than he loved Isaac. Even though he loved Isaac so much, he loved God more than he loved Isaac. So, taking Isaac to Mount Moriah was not a problem. He loved God more than he loved his wife. So taking Isaac to Mount Moriah was not a problem for Abraham. Nothing came between him and God. Nothing. Nothing. He was a man who was led by God. And he knew how to lead his family. He knew his place in his family. And he knew how to lead his family being led by God. If you're not led by God, you can't lead your family. You'll be leading them astray. Only those who are led by God is qualified to lead their family. It's important for every single one to be led by God. If you want to lead your family. In the right way, you need to be led by God. Otherwise, you'll be leading them the wrong way, following Satan. Abraham was led by God. He was not led by his emotions. He was not led by his flesh. He was not led by those who were in front of him. He was led by God. Peter, when Jesus spoke about his death, his burial and his resurrection. Peter sounded very affectionate and very caring and oh he cared, cared so much about the body of Jesus, about his life and oh about the ministry of Jesus and you need to live long Jesus. You can't die like this. Jesus come on stop talking like this. He sounded very compassionate and affectionate. What was that? It was Poison coming from the mouth of Lucifer through Peter, speaking against the anointed one, the anointed one, the Messiah himself. Jesus Christ being led by the Holy Spirit, recognized that, then say, oh Peter, I really understand, you really love me, you really care about me, Peter, but you know, Peter, don't worry about that. Think about God. These things we must endure. Oh, Peter, I really understand how much you love me. Let me give you a hug, Peter. Sit down. Let me wipe your tears. No. No. He knew where that supposed affection came from. Satan himself. Not some demons. Satan himself. There's a difference between Satan and evil spirits. Someone can ask, oh, can Satan himself get into believers? Oh, yes. Believers are open, open to the works of the flesh. Satan himself will get into them. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get thee behind me, Satan you don't care about the things of God you care about the things of this world which is Satan stuff you are coming against the plan of God, the work of God the leading of God, the call of God everything from heaven at this point well because Peter a little before that said oh Jesus you are the son of God and, and Jesus said Oh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. God revealed this to you. Oh, Jesus, how can you call him Satan? Jesus, you're so wrong. You just said something before. Well, before that, 
Peter received what God said. But after that, Peter got so puffed up and so proud, he became a place for Satan himself to use him as a weapon against Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself. We need to know that. Always know where you are. Are you being used by God or used by the devil? Are you being operated by God or operated by Satan himself? Being used by evil spirits is bad enough. Satan himself gets into Peter. If someone comes and says, oh, they are believers and and, uh, they don't have demonic spirits in them and they can't really get Satan in them and we should be very kind and hug everybody and and say praise the Lord to everybody and, and sit with everybody and talk with everybody because they just had a revelation five minutes before that. We have to be very careful. Revelation is an information given by God for them to know who Jesus is. It doesn't mean that they become spokesperson for God. No. God wanted Peter to know who Jesus was, so that's why that revelation came. Not because Peter was a saint. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. God revealed this to you. Jesus Christ is affirming the revelation that came to Peter about who Jesus was. So the highlight here is Jesus Christ, not Peter. It's not that, oh, Peter got the revelation. No. Peter is given this revelation by God about Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. Close your mouth and listen to him. Do what he is telling you to do. This is a high call that God has called you to follow him. And he's placed you here so that you can become something useful in the hands of God. Know where you are. Know who you are following. Know where you are placed. Look, Peter suddenly thought when Jesus said, Oh, flesh and blood did not reveal this, he thought suddenly he got bigger than Jesus Christ himself. When pride comes, you open the door for Lucifer himself to get inside of you when you think you know more it's a very dangerous place to be in any believer at that point can become an open door for Satan himself to enter in we have to be very careful very careful and every believer should know just because someone said something right from the Bible five minutes ago doesn't mean that they're qualified to say anything and whatever they say anything cannot be taken it goes opposite to what God has spoken. We have to be very careful. Be very careful. Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as one on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Example. exam that was given to Abraham Peter failed Jesus just spoke about what was going to happen instead of saying Lord help us all to stand with you instead of saying oh Lord how is the resurrection going to be we want to see that we're excited that you're going to be raised from the dead you know this is the plan of God. This is why you came. Anything that we can do, Lord, to help, that's the right way. Peter all of a sudden thought he can rebuke the Lord. Height of folly. You call that height of folly. And Jesus openly, openly rebuked the devil that Peter gave room to and put him in his place 
because Peter openly let the devil use him. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Don't let pride get to you. If you let pride get to you, you will become an open door for Lucifer to get in. You won't even know that you're being used by the devil. That's the worst part. You won't even know that you're acting like a fool. That's the worst part. You won't even know until you face the consequence. That's the worst part. Humility will draw the grace of God to where you are and keep you in the straight and narrow path. Humility will protect you from the snares of the enemy. Humility will keep the doors closed to Satan. Humility will open the doors to God's mercy. Abraham was a humble man of God and a wise man of God as a result of that. Once God spoke to him, he did not listen to any other voice. He was someone who walked so close with God, he knew when God spoke, and once God spoke, that was it. He was ready to do whatever God would tell him to do because God was number one in his life. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. God can tell us to do something and then suddenly he can come and tell us there is a direction change here, go this way. Our job is not at that point to say, Lord, why did you tell me this first? Why should I change now? Because this is what you told me first, so I'm going to stick with that. We're going to fall flat. If God tells us to change, at that point we have to change our direction. We can't say at that point, Oh Lord, you told me to do this first, and now you're telling me to do this. No, I'm going to stick with what you said first. That will be foolishness. Well, we need to know first that God told us to do something. There are a lot of people who think God tells them when God never told them. It will always end in a disaster. We have to know the voice of God. We need to follow the ways of God. When God tells us to do something, when we do that, we pass the test. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God told Abraham, This is what I'm asking you to do, Abraham. Abraham rose early in the morning. He got his donkey. He took two of his servants with him. And Isaac. Isaac is the main one who needs to be there. And he took wood for the burnt offering. He said, I'm going to go for, to sacrifice. Then I'm going to take the wood. And I'm going to take what I need for the fire. And I'm going to go to the place which God has told me to go to. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. If you see Hebrews chapter 11... What is not written in this passage is written there by the Spirit of God. Which is, Abraham knew in his heart that God told him through Isaac his descendants will be multiplied. So he knew that God will preserve Isaac. That means, somehow, even if he had to offer him as a sacrifice, God is able to bring back Isaac alive. Think about that. The faith he had and also the heart he had. God became number one in his life. God was number one in his life. And so he was able to say, Here Lord, 
My heart I will lay at the altar. Many times we say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, we sing. But meanwhile, the heart is far away from God. Abraham's heart, Abraham's heart, was already, was already placed on the altar when he told his son, come on, let's go. When he took the wood for the fire, it was already, Abraham's heart was already placed on the altar. Placing his son on the altar is like placing Abraham on the altar. Parents who have children will know. Parents who truly love the children, I should say. Whatever happens to your child, you'll feel it's better if it happens to me and not to my child. Parents who truly love their children will feel that way. When your child gets sick, easier if you are sick for you to go through than to see your child suffer. Only parents who truly love their child will feel that way. There are some selfish parents who don't care when their child gets sick. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about parents who truly love their children. And Abraham was such a person who truly loved his son. So when God called him to do something, to lay Isaac at the altar and offer him as a burnt offering, It was Abraham, his heart, his everything that was offered to God at that moment. Everything. Even though God is able to raise him from the dead and Abraham had faith in everything, you have to understand that between that faith and the entire act of the sacrifice itself to offer, your only son that you love so much it's not a light thing it's not a light thing the test here is the measurement of Abraham's love for God Abraham passed that because even though he loved his son so much he loved God more his love for God caused him to Say yes to what God said, not in a complaining manner, murmuring manner, crying all the way to Mount Moriah. No. He was a man of faith. He was a man of love. A man who loved God, he loved his wife, he loved his son. That everything stayed in the right place and with the right proportion. Very important. Right place and right proportion. God was truly his everything. God was truly his everything. And in God, he loved his wife with all his heart. He loved his son with all his heart. That's the right way to live. That's the right order. Now there are some people who love their parents more than their spouse, love their kids more than their spouse disorder that's one family with full of disorder there are some people who love their children more than their spouse disorder there are some children who love their friends more than their parents Disorder. We need to be people who know whether we have the proper order in our lives or not. Something is fundamentally wrong when that order is reversed. Something is fundamentally wrong. There are some people who love their jobs more than their spouses. Something is seriously wrong there. Disorder. There's some people who love their hobbies more than they love their spouse and their children. Something is horribly wrong with that. They equate money with love. Oh, I bring money home. May God have mercy. The order 
It's very important. The right order is very important. Who do we love? How do we love? How much do we love? Very important. Very important. There are some people when the relatives come, they completely ignore their spouse. This order. There are some people who listen to their parents and completely ignore their spouse. Disorder. Spirit of disorder. We call that a spirit of disorder. At the same time, if your spouse is saying something wrong and you join with your spouse, spirit of disorder. Adam fell because of Eve, listening to Eve. Abraham made a big blunder because he listened to Sarah and married Hagar, bringing forth Ishmael. The right order is following the Lord God Almighty and in Him. Follow those who follow God. At every point you see a voice that goes contrary to the Spirit of God is leading you, placing the right order in your life. You need to put down, silence all those voices. If you don't do it, you'll be trapped by the trap Satan has set for you to drag you down, all the way down, until you can't get up anymore. God is speaking at this hour. Abraham was a man who had the right order. He took his son and he went to where he needed to go to. He had faith. Then he's telling his servants, my son and I will worship and we will come back. Because Hebrews 11 says he believed that God will give Isaac back if God does what he says. So uh, Abraham knew this may not happen and if it happens then. He trusted God so much. He knew God loved Isaac more than Abraham did. He knew Isaac came from God. He said even if this happens God is able to do this. He just laid himself on the altar of God. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together. Can you picture this? Many, many, many years later we see something happening similar to this. Where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to carry the word the wood where he was going to be sacrificed. The only difference here is Jesus was actually sacrificed. Isaac was not. Jesus was. And Jesus carried the cruel cross, was beaten beyond recognition so that you don't have to carry that curse. You don't have to carry the sin so that you can live a life of our reproach. So that you can live a life of peace and joy and holiness and blessing. God is speaking to our hearts today. By your death I gain life. By your stripes I'm healed. You paid the price for me. Where? On Calvary. Jesus Christ carried that cross on his body so that you don't have to pay the penalty. You don't have to be bound to sin even for another second. Jesus carried the cross so that you don't have to live a life of oppression and depression. Jesus carried the cross so that you don't have to carry sickness and disease upon your body. Jesus carried the cross so that you don't have to carry the weight of sin. You don't have to carry the weight of 
generational curse. You don't have to carry the weight of any demonic curse. Jesus carried the cross. And God the Father saw him suffer with agony. God the Father agonized with him. For God so loved the world. The love that God had for us. The love that Jesus had for us. Caused God's heart to be broken. And Jesus' body to be broken. God didn't let that happen to Abraham. Physically. It was not necessary. This itself was enough. Because God knew no one else would do what Abraham did. God made Abraham's name great. A man was worthy of having his name made great by God himself. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Abraham's name great. Now there are a lot of people full of demons. They oppose, they don't like when God blesses someone and makes their name great. They say, oh no, only God's name is great. You can talk about someone else and you can't say that God is making their name great. Only God's name. Where are they getting these demonic teachings from? You just see animosity and jealous demons working through them, speaking through their evil mouth. Only those who are jealous, only those who don't want to see God's work flourish will say say such things. Only those who are inspired by Satan will speak words of jealousy and hatred against those who are blessed by God and whose names are blessed and magnified by God himself. Abraham was such a person whose name was made great by God. And God said, I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. This is the covenant that God made with Abraham. If anyone blesses you, Abraham, I'll bless them. If anyone tries to stand against you, it's not man's curse. God says, I myself will curse that person. I myself will become that person's enemy. Think about that. Who can stand against the Lord Most High? No one. It's a dreadful thing when someone tries to go against God and puts themselves in a place where God becomes their enemy. We must be very careful. Abraham was worthy of the blessings that God gave for him including making his name great and placing him in a place of great honor, not only on earth but in heaven. When Lazarus, the beggar, died, he was carried to the bosom of Abraham. That's such an honorable place because Abraham was in such an honorable place in heaven. May God help us to understand these deep truths that God is speaking at this hour. We need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Minds to understand what the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. God, who called Abraham, took him through tremendous testing. When people just stayed in one town and built homes and planted vineyards, Abraham was someone who left everything and followed God. A rare gem. Wherever God told him go when he went, it was not just one person walking. He had to take his wife, his family, his servants, his cattle, a whole bunch of stuff. He was a wealthy man. But he didn't stay in one place. He could have bought a whole city. And he could have lived comfortably. But he chose not to. The Bible says, he looked to the city that was not made by man. He had such wisdom 
He looked for something far beyond what this world can offer. Because he was so much in love with God. He trusted God so much. He was willing to be a wanderer along with his family. Wander from place to place to place. From one place to another. When God said, Abraham, bring your son and offer him as a burnt offering. It's not, bring your son to Mount Moriah, just both of you climb up and come. That itself would be a hard thing for a child to do. But offer him as a burnt offering. God told Abraham to do that. Abraham did not reason with God. Abraham didn't say, please, 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 Lord, please, please. Maybe one of my servants. Please, 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 Lord. After so long you gave Isaac to me. I'll have him for another year. Maybe next year you ask me, Lord. How many people are like that? When God tells you to do something, you get thousand and one excuses. And you try to justify it as polished as it may appear. It's repulsive to God. Disobedience is repulsive to God. Disobedience equals unbelief, equals lack of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We must know God is just. He's all love. He's kind. He does what he says. Abraham knew that. God does what he says. He took his son and he went up. The rest of the story, you can read it on your own. Even though most of you may know the entire story, it will be a blessing if you read it on your own. You see the heart of God here. Why did God give Abraham the test? Because it was time for God to bless Abraham. It was time for God to bless Abraham. Anytime God wants to bless you, the test comes, that's when Satan will come and say, ah, oh, this is hard. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you know what? What if Isaac cries? What if Isaac jumps out of this thing? What if you have a hard time putting him on the wood? What if what if, what if, and what if? And a lot of people will jump when they hear the first what if itself and say, Oh, this is not possible. Lord, I followed you all this time, but this is too hard. At this point, Lord, I'm happy with the one son you gave. I'm not interested in making my generation as the stars of the sky and the sand of the shore. Find somebody, Lord. Thank you. People would have done that. God would have just left. Abraham, he wouldn't have said, okay, Abraham, I'm going to force you to offer Isaac. No. And God is a God who never forces anyone. He looks for faith. When we have faith in God, we'll do whatever it takes because when we love God, we will manifest that faith in Him. We can't love someone if we don't trust them. Faith and love, they go hand in hand. Abraham believed God. Fear of the Lord, faith and love, they go hand in hand. When we truly trust God and believe in Him, we know how awesome He is, how powerful He is. We'll automatically have that fear of the Lord. Healthy fear that we need to have. Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah. And God took care of the rest. It was the place of God's blessing for Abraham and Isaac. God offered this test to Abraham and Isaac because God wanted to promote them. Always remember when the test from God comes to you, that's the place that's going to determine whether you're going to receive an award or not. That means God wants to bless you. 
When test comes, you know God wants to bless you. The bigger the test is, the bigger the blessing is going to be. The bigger the elevation is going to be. The bigger the glory is going to be. God is not a cruel God. God is a good God. The more comprehensive the exam is going to be, the higher your degree is going to be, the more your pay is going to be. You work hard for it. You study for it. Night and day, you give up a lot of things for it. The end result is going to be really good when you sit at a high-paying place not have to struggle every day. doesn't mean that high-paying place you're not going to be working. But there's a dignity that goes with it. And there's a, a level of comfort and convenience that comes with it. And there's an honor that goes with it in the earthly realm. How much more when it comes to the test that comes from God. And God wants to bless you. Yes. Whatever you have to do, you have to continue to do. Whatever work you have to do, more responsibilities, all those things are there. But it's a blessing that comes from God. There's honor that comes from God. There's a glory that comes from God. In this world and in the world to come. God does wonders beyond measure in the lives of all those who say I give myself as a living sacrifice holy holy to you I lay down my rights and take up my cross Lord I'll follow Follow you in life and in death. I'll only follow you. Not my will, let thine be done. You know who are those people? They're lovers of God. They don't simply do it because they have to, but because they want to. I say this passionately. I say it very passionately. Because that's the truth. Not because they have to, because they want to. I give myself as a living sacrifice. Holy, holy to you. I lay down my rights and take up my cross. Lord, I follow, follow you. In life and in death. I'll only follow you, not my will, let thine be done. I give my all to you, all to you, Lord. Jesus, I give my all to you. I give my all to you, all to you, Lord. Jesus, I give my all to you. This morning as we are in the presence of God, think about what God has spoken to you. If God has spoken to you. You have to take this word that God has given very seriously. Place it before you and see on a scale of 1 to 10 where you fall. How strong is your love for God? How strong is your love for God? Where you stand? Strengthen yourself in God. See where you stand and strengthen yourself in God. God is speaking at this hour. When you plant something in your garden and you see that the plants are kind of weak and they have fruits that are coming and you know that it can break the branches, what do you do? You attach a stick to it and you tie it. 
even if you have trees i've done that in gardening myself whether it's tomato plants or you're planting a pear tree or a maple tree if the tree is pretty young you attach a stake to it and you tie it so that if it's very windy it's not going to break and fall until the tree gets really strong it will need that stake it needs to be tied to it now there are many christians who like to be independent christians oh we don't want anything to be tied to us we don't want to be tied to anything we just want to float around we can stand they overestimate themselves underestimate their weakness and overestimate their strength they crash miserably god is speaking at this hour don't overestimate your strength and underestimate your weakness you need accurate measurement about yourself and where you stand so that you don't crash you need that support system you need that stake you need the word of god you need the presence of god you need the house of god you need the servants of god you need to be tied to it and that's your safety place and if you turn against it then it won't go well with you when you try to say that i don't need this stake and you know it's a burden for me and you know it's weighing on me it's there to help you there to help you stand straight because you can't stand on your own god has placed that to save you to make you stand straight so that you can bear fruit but if you see it as a burden god will remove that stake from you to show you how quickly you can fall but at the danger of it is you may not be able to get up after that god is speaking at this hour take it very seriously you want to be a person who will be blessed in all that you do like abraham was blessed in order for that to happen need to be a person who will grow steadily in God you need to be a person who will love God with everything that is within you you need to be a person who has strong faith which equals love for God which equals the fear of the Lord which equals obedience to God God is speaking at this hour tell yourself enough is enough I'm not going to be a fool try to think more high of myself and not know that I can fall you don't have to wait until your exam comes and fail you need to take your practice test before that so you know what you know and work on what you don't know there are some people who really like to read and work on what they already know they'll be revising over and over again with what they know because that's easy what they don't know they don't want to get there and they go to the exam hall surprise 75% of the questions come from the area that they didn't study they end up failing don't do that which is easy for you do that which is good for you if you go after that which is easy for you that which will make you happy temporarily on the long run you'll be sitting and crying god is speaking at this hour no pain no gain if you want to prosper in the ways of the lord if you want to prosper in life you have to become serious with the things of god and put the effort that you need buckle up you need to you need to you need to be tied to the stake so that you can benefit from the stake stake doesn't benefit from being tied to you now you need the stake always remember you need god you need the house of god nobody here is doing a favor to the house of god or to the pastor it's the other way around nobody is doing a favor to god or the pastor or to the house of god it's the other way around the spirit of god drill this deep into you drill this deep into you 
If God is calling you to do something, it is for you to be blessed, not the other way around. If God is calling you to be tied to the stake, it is for you to bear fruit, not the other way around. Not the other way around. Abraham was a person who left everything to follow the Lord, not because God had nobody, because God wanted to bless Abraham, and God saw faith in Abraham, and God said, through Abraham, God's plan can be fulfilled. God blessed Abraham and made him an eternal blessing. Abraham was wise enough to become a wanderer, wander from place to place, because he was looking for something that was far beyond what he had. Because his love for God was so strong, he said, doesn't matter how long I have to walk, I'll walk with this God. Are you a person like that? If God tests your love for Him, what will your measurement be? In the presence of God, be real. Where you lack, tell the Lord, I lack severely, Lord. I want you to help me. Don't simply say, I want you to help me and don't do anything about it. If you want help, then you need to do what you need to do. People who are failing, who really want to pass, will go for tutoring. Will go for after class. Will do whatever they have to do to pass. You want to pass the test. You want to be blessed by God. We need to stop hanging with people who fail. Very important. You can easily see people who are failing all in one group. Why is it? Why is it? It's a spirit. Spirit of failure. It groups people together. You want to pass, don't hang out with people who are failing. You want to walk in the ways of the Lord, don't walk with people who are contrary to the will of God. You want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Don't partner with darkness. Light and darkness cannot go together. You want to be an overcomer? Be where victory is. God is speaking to our hearts today. You want to become like Abraham? Walk like Abraham. Walk. Do what Abraham did. Then you too will be blessed like how Abraham was blessed. Many times people say, Oh, Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm the seed of Abraham. All those things they say. Oh, but if you're the seed of Abraham, then you really need to be like Abraham. Only then his blessings shall become yours. Abraham's blessings became Isaac's blessings when Isaac passed his test. Abraham's blessings became Jacob's blessing when Jacob passed his test. Always know that. Nothing comes automatically. Yes, those blessings are there because God made the covenant, but we need to pass the test, prove ourselves before heaven and before hell that we're worthy of what God wants to give and only then God will give. In order for that to happen, we need to have the desire to succeed and be with those who are succeeding and use everything that God has given to succeed. Then you will prosper in all that you do. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this word that you gave this morning in an unexpected manner. I thank you for your overflowing presence that is here in our midst. Thank you for your word that you gave from your mouth to the ears of your people through the mouth of your servant. Thank you for every word that you spoke this morning. I pray, Father, that this word of God may continue to minister to your people. Cause them, Lord, to rise above their circumstances. Rise above the poles and the weights of this world rise about everything that the enemy may use to drag them down to the depths of hell. 
every snare that Satan has for your people. Oh Lord, I pray that you'll cause your people to be alert to the snares of the enemy. That they may see, Father, these traps in. Avoid those traps by being among the wise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, I pray. May the Spirit of God, may the Spirit of truth continue to shatter all the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. Bless your people. Bless your people. May the Lord God Almighty bless them. Increase them in every way. And I pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth in their lives as it is in heaven. With this blessing, I bless your people with. That each one may pass the test that you have for them. So that you can bless them with what you want to bless them. With this blessing, as your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, and bless your people, that they may not only be people who receive prophecies and promises from God, but become inheritors of those promises and prophecies that God has given to them through your servant. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name of prayer. Amen. Amen.